Hello and welcome to Season Saviors, episode 14. I'm Ian Whitfield, joined here by Shane Riley. Shane, once again, how are you today? It's a fantastic day, Ian. Even though I did not make the fantasy football playoffs, I um, still got my head held high because I uh, I beat Michael Godek in the last week, which isn't you know the biggest thing, but I'm pretty proud of finishing six and seven, considering uh, you know drafted Marquise Goodwin decently high, and he had a pretty terrible year. I was pretty high on him this year. I thought he was going to have a great year. I traded for him in a couple leagues. Yeah, injuries really got the best of him. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, let's that just, hurts. Let's jump right <laughs> into the stardoms. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with uh, Philip Rivers and quarterback for the San Diego Chargers, arguably the hottest player in football at the moment, coming off uh, tying the NFL record for most completions um, in a row to start a game, I believe. Actually, I think he got that record, and then he also tied Ryan Tannehill's record of most completions in a row with 26. But uh, this week they play a Bengals Bengals team that's quarterback-friendly, and they've allowed the most quarterback points per game, and they're tied for the third most passing touchdowns allowed two quarterbacks as well and the Chargers are red hot even without Melvin Gordon at, for, at the moment they'll get him back for the playoffs and I think um even without the, Melvin Gordon that's going to just help Philip Rivers some more as they're going to need to pass the ball a lot with um not a whole lot of a uh, running game going on uh the Bengals are derailing heavily and really aren't trying very hard in their past couple games so I think Philip Rivers is going to go off this week and could easily you could easily see him as the uh top ranked quarterback this week and points put up yeah, I could definitely see that. Hopefully, uh, you know, he's got a new running back in Justin Jackson, who is one of my is my first stardom actually. Um, coming off of 82 yard, 82 scrimmage yards, and uh, and a touchdown from last week, without Melvin Gordon, uh, he had pretty big numbers. Uh, I know the Chargers love to give uh, their running backs catches out of the backfield, and they have a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns. Uh, and they're going up against doesn't hurt him that he's going up against the worst ru- rushing defense. Uh, they're ranked, ra- ranked last against teams in fantasy f- in running back fantasy points, and it's been a terrible year for Cincinnati. And with not much purpose to this year anymore, I could see the Chargers just coming in, steamrolling right over them. Uh, most of their fantasy players having a great week, whereas, you know, this has been this is going to be a good week for Justin Jackson's perfect matchup. They're at home against Cincinnati. Uh, it's going to be a great, great game for him. Yeah, I picked up Justin, Justin Jackson in I think two leagues, including the the teacher student league. I put in a waiver claim. Not sure if I got him, but uh, hopefully I was able to snag him off the wire. Um, my second stardom is Gus Edwards, um, running back for the Baltimore uh, Ravens. He looked really dependable as with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Lamar Jackson obviously three and zero as the Ravens starter, so that's something to keep an eye on. But Gus Edwards has really thrived with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Uh, the Chief, they play the Chiefs this week, who overall it's probably not a great matchup for the Ravens, but the Chiefs are a running back friendly team. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs uh, in per game and the second most total yards to running backs per game too. Um, they're tied for the most passing touchdowns to running backs as well. So Gus Edwards isn't a big passing uh, running back or pass catching running back. But there's just something there that could maybe add a few points as the Ravens will definitely see that stat and say, hey, maybe Gus Edwards needs to get a little bit more involved in this passing game this week or something like that. So I think Gus Edwards is a great play this week. Running back, low end running back one potential, definitely running back two until he, until either Jackson isn't the quarterback or um, for some reason he gets injured or something like that. But I love Gus, Gus Edwards this week and for the weeks uh, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Gus Edwards has really balled out with uh, Lamar Jackson under the helm, and uh, 
getting into continuing with running backs, my second stardom is Adrian Peterson of the Washington Redskins. Uh, he's racked up at least 90 yards in six of the games in 2018, which is pretty good for a guy who's up there in age. Um, and he's I, w- I see him getting a pretty good workload with Mark Sanchez being his quarterback this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even catch it out of the backfield for Adrian Peterson, which is very rare with him. But uh, definitely, like, near 20 carries, uh, good touchdown potential. If they get inside the red zone, they're not going to trust Mark Sanchez with the ball in his hands. They're going to try to give it to a guy who can prove he can score in the red zone. And they're going up against the Giants, who are uh, bottom tier against the ru- rushing game this year. Uh, and have they've traded away some of their guys, and, you know, it's been – they haven't had the greatest year on defense, and it's not like they and Eli turns the ball over a lot. So expect the ball inside the twenty at least, you know, once or twice with Eli making mis- a lot of mistakes this year, and easy easy chance for a touchdown for Adrian Peterson. I think this could he could go north of fifteen points, around twenty points in some leagues. Uh, he's a pretty good play, uh, as you said. He's probably similar to Gus Edwards in that low and running back one, yeah. running back definitely a running back two, and a great flex play if you if you can put him there. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a great start this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wanted to – I actually – I saw something on Instagram that was um, uh, – our, our, sorry, the Redskins looking almost looking to sign Colin Kaepernick to uh, take on a quarterback role in front of Mark Sanchez, and I was kind of rooting for that. I kind of wanted to see him make his comeback, but they decided that he didn't fit the scheme. So That's going to be a big story. Yeah, we're not going to see Kaepernick for a little more uh, time as he's been out for a while. But – um. So we're gonna. I'm gonna go with my third stardom, Adam Humphreys, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He looked very solid recently, double digits in his last three games, and played wide. And he's playing now a Saints uh, secondary that's extremely friendly to wide receivers. Um, what's also nice about Humphreys is that he's hidden behind uh, Mike Evans, so he's never gonna have the cornerback one on him, and that's probably gonna be a uh, Lattimore on the Saints. So that's a really tough matchup uh, alone. So you really don't want to see that. But um, the Saints have allowed the most fantasy wide or fantasy points to p- points per game to wide receivers and the most completions in the NFL. Teams or to wide receivers, sorry. Teams need to keep pace with this offense that the Saints, ignoring the fact they put up uh, seven points or sorry ten points to the uh, Cowboys. But the Saints' offense is the real deal, and their teams need to keep pace with them. So I think a team like Tampa Bay is going to need to do a lot of uh, heavy passing in order to. Um, stay uh, with the Saints. So Adam Humphreys, I think, is an elite play this week. Uh, like one, Once again, like the running backs I already mentioned, low-end re- wide receiver one, but I think he could go off and easily go north of 20 points this week. Oh, yeah. The last time they played, this game was an absolute shootout. Uh, very, very close game as well. I think the Buccaneers pulled it out. So, it was um, week one, wasn't it? All right, Shane. So uh, should we jump into our your final stardom for the week? Yeah, unfortunately, my final stardom was Emmanuel Sanders, and actually today he tore his Achilles. I mean, unfortunately for the Broncos, that's not good for their playoff hopes because he's he was their wide receiver one after they traded away Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas. So, uh, unfortunately, we're just going to have to move on because Emmanuel Sanders is now pretty much done for this year. and He's done for the year, most yeah. Most of maybe some of next year as well because an Achilles is a hard thing to come back from. Yep. So, I mean, unfortunately, you should be looking for Cortland Sutton, actually, if you're trying to pick someone up in replace of him or an- another one of the Broncos uh, wide receivers if you can find one. Yeah, I mean, Philip Lindsay's going to get a spike in his production. So, I mean, a guy that was already a running back one is now in probably a absolute workhorse there in Denver. So that's something to keep an eye on also. We're going to jump into the sit now. I'm going to start us off with Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson obviously is an elite quarterback. So I'm, never, I'm not going to say bench Russell Wilson just – 
I, I can't in my right mind say bench him, but I would say extremely lower your standards this week. The Vikings are very good against quarterbacks. They've allowed the six least amount of fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. I believe it's under 17. So, I mean, not horrible, but this is where it really um, looks bad. They have the lowest passing touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks all season and only 15, which is two less than the next closest. Um, they have a stout, the Vikings have a very stout defense, and Wilson has a lack of weapons here in Seattle. So, and it's an offense that heavily relies on the rush, which I think the Seahawks are going to focus mainly on, especially with the Vikings being really good against the pass. So, I think Russell Wilson will be in the low double digits. It may be kind of have a Drew Brees type week up in a like 10 to 12 point range. I think you were better off starting like a, another quarterback off the waiver wire that has a really good matchup this week. Yeah, I know it's playoff time or maybe you're in the consolation bracket, but I, I really think you're better off with someone off the waiver wire this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to just jump right into my first guy who is uh, Corey Davis uh, going up against the Jacksonville defense. This is going to be a, a t- terrible matchup for him uh, as he's been targeted recently in the last couple games. I think he's had a couple touchdowns, which was one of the biggest downfalls of his seasons because he has not had touchdowns, but he's started to get some. But now he has to face Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye and this Jacksonville secondary that's been tremendous this season, despite the fact that they are having a bit of a down year overall as a team. Uh, you know, they win games, what, 6 nothing or something like I that? I mean, they, they don't have any offense, but they do hold teams to a low amount of points. Andrew Luck and his offense the, of the Colts came in last week thinking they were going to have a you know, continue the role, and, and they get shut out. And uh, I expect that to happen with Marcus Mariota because he he really hasn't proved himself to be a guy who can c- continue a pace of uh, a lot of touchdowns and and good weeks and high QBR. He, he One week he'll throw three touchdowns, and the next week he'll throw two interceptions, no touchdowns, and, you know, it's just not a good week. And Corey Davis becomes invisible for uh, a couple weeks because uh, – Marcus Mariota's inconsistency, and they're playing on Thursday night, having a short week. It's not looking like a, a good matchup for Corey Davis this week. Yeah, I mean, I also ended up putting Corey Davis as my second sit Um, I'm just going to add on to that a little bit. He's uh, he's a really he's actually had a couple good weeks right here. He's a little hot, but what, like you said, kind of running into a brick wall with the Jags um, being very stout this season in the secondary, minus their offensive struggles and quarterback struggles and even like kind of their – uh, ability to stop the run struggles, which wasn't an issue for them last year. But we'll jump right into their stats. The Jags uh, have allowed the least rece- amount of reception touchdowns to wide receivers all year and the second least total fantasy points per game to wide receivers as well. They're coming off a great performance versus the Red Hot Colts in a 6-0 win, as you mentioned, and that's impressive. I mean, you hold Andrew Luck and that, I hate to say it because they haven't really been good in the past years, but good, like they're pretty decent offense to a uh, 6-0 win. I mean, that's that's impressive, and that's not something you really want to mess with. But I'm going to finish finish us off with my final sit on Austin Hooper. Uh, he's having a great season. He's actually quietly a top-six tight end, but the Packers have been very good against tight ends all year. They're top three in fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends. That's uh, third, three, third lowest in the uh, NFL in pan, uh, fantasy points per game allowed. And they've only allowed one touchdown to uh, tight ends all year. They also allow under 43 yards per game to tight ends, too. So this is not looking too good for Austin Hooper, someone that doesn't get a lot of red zone um, focus. But all right, he gets decent red zone focus, but the Steel, or the Packers have had 
pretty good success this year against preventing that. So I think you're going to see people like Ido Smith or maybe even Tevin Coleman find the end zone more often. Obviously, probably not Julio Jones in the red zone, as we know he's had struggles there all year. But that's about all I got for Austin Hooper. Shane, you want to finish us off? Yeah, I actually have two sims to go here. Uh, the first one being Demarius Thomas. Coming off of a big week, two touchdowns. But every other week with the um, with the Texans that he's been with them, it, it's not been a good week. I mean, one week, zero catches. I think one target in that game. And then the other, like maybe two catches, 30-something yards. Um, it's, he's averaging just 23.3 yards per game over the last three games. And the touchdown was the only good value he had last week. Um, and now he's going up against a uh, middle-of-the-pack Indiana Indiana defense, and they've also their um, wide receivers are 26th. They're 26th against the uh, Colts, which is very very low for um, for this week. Indiana has been uh, Indianapolis is ha- pre- having a good year so far, and uh, this is, even though uh, Texans are red hot right now, I expect Demarius Thomas to be forgotten in this game almost because they're going to look for DeAndre Hopkins and all the other targets that they have. You know, Kiki Kuti. Um, because I believe the Colts will be targeting Demaryius Thomas because he kind of slipped in for two touchdowns last week, and they realize how much of an impact he could have, so they should target to stop him. And because DeAndre Hopkins is going to do great no matter what. And then getting into the last guy, another tech, uh, Titan is uh, Derrick Henry. This guy does not get the yardage uh, week to week on a week to week basis. I don't think he's had a hundred yard game this uh, year. The only po- the only good thing that they've had is a uh, is touchdowns from him. You know, he's had, I think, four in, in the last five games, which is fairly good for a running back. And doesn't help that he's now playing against Jack- Jacksonville's defense, who has, you know, um, Calais Campbell up there on the line. Even though Jacksonville hasn't been the greatest against, I mean, yeah, they haven't been the greatest against running backs this year, they're still a very good team and on defense. And it's also, as I mentioned about Corey Davis, it's a Thursday night game. And I don't, I don't see Derrick Henry getting the amount of production that you would hope for him. So if if you can find another running back, I would go ahead and do that. And uh, let's go ahead and get right into your uh, your waiver wire pickups. Yeah, so I'm gonna start us off with uh, Jalen Samuels. Samuel, sorry, uh, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Connor's out for this week and possibly another week, which is disastrous for uh, people that have him in. Uh, sorry, in um, uh, playoffs. So I mean, if you do have him, go ahead and pick up Jalen Samuels. Um, he's basically a free running back one at this point on the waiver wire, which is extremely hard to find. With the fact that the Steelers have such a great O-line, uh, Jaylen, any running back that they can really find there is going to be a workhorse back and is someone that's going to put up great points. He's only owned in 3.4% of ESPN leagues, and I think you're going to see him, probably not with the James Conner numbers, but he's going to be up there in production. I think Jalen Samuels is a amazing pickup, and I've actually put a couple waiver claims for him, for in on him as well. Uh, secondly, Adam Humphreys. I mentioned him as one of my starters earlier. He's red hot. Um, he's nice. He's nicely hidden behind uh, Mike Evans, so he's never going to get that quarterback cornerback one focus. He has five passing touch, five reception touchdowns in his past five games, and 39% of all. And he's only owned in 39% of all the ESPN leagues. The Bucks do a ton of throwing, so you're going to see Adam Humphreys get a ton of targets, uh, especially being the wide receiver two on this Tampa Bay offense. Uh, they don't do a lot of running, and even their running backs are heavily involved in the passing game, like Peyton Barber. So I think Adam Humphreys is a great pickup. You can stick him at the wide receiver, too, if you really need one there. Even a, low, uh, a high-end flex play if you need him. Um, I'm going to finish this off with Jeff Wilson Jr. I've never heard of this guy, and I'm sure 
99.9% of uh, football fans have never heard of this guy. But he's a that's a proper reaction because uh, he's been he was the third string running back for the uh, San Francisco 49ers slash four string kind of sharing it with a couple other guys there. Uh, Matt Breida hurt for this week and was hurt last week, but Jeff Wilson Jr. was able to put up 19 points last week with Breida hurt, so he's a good stream option. He gets a heavy workload and he could possibly and you could possibly have him for weeks to come with Breida timetable unknown so that's a kind of like a low end running back one high end running back two that's on the waiver wire along with Jalen Samuels so I would jump on either of these guys especially if Jeff because Jeff Wilson's isn't even owned in one percent of ESPN leagues he's owned in 0.5 ESPN leagues so I would go ahead and scoop him up right away if you uh, if he's still available in your league which he most likely is because that's a very low percentage but that's all I got for that so Shane you want to talk about the playoff picture for the student teacher division yeah, I'm going to start with the uh, winner's bracket. So, Ian, you're taking on uh, our journalism teacher, Mr. Schwartz, in the first round. Uh, you finished the season 10-3, and three, and Mr. Schwartz finished 8-5. and five. Um, You were the only student to make the playoff bracket. Let's go. Uh, I, I, the other side of the bracket is Team Corn versus Team Eifler. Both of them finished 9-4, and four, uh, Team Corn being the two-seed. I think he, he scored more overall points this year. Uh, just to give you a picture of everyone's final record, uh, DeMont finishes, with, finishes at 7-6. and six. Uh, Varun Shankar finishes at six and seven. I finish at six and seven. Team Godek one and twelve. Uh, Corn nine and four. Eifler nine and four as mentioned. Schwartz eight and five. And Team Delisi seven and six. And then Team Donaldson two and eleven. So Jazz, you didn't finish in last, so I can give you that much. There you go, Jazz. As, yeah, you beat Michael Godek, which wasn't uh, terribly hard to do. So uh, looking at some of the, so that was the. Uh, I can give you the scoreboard from this this current week. Um, I beat Team Godek 107.2 to 53.8. Michael finishes the season on a 12-game lose streak, which is uh, that's got to be some sort of record. Oh yeah. Uh, team Corn beats Team Demont 123.6 to 112.4. Uh, that put Team Corn in the playoffs. Actually, I think he had a tr- I think he would have made it either way out of points, but that uh, ruined Demont's hopes for making the playoffs. Uh, Eifler lost to Team Donaldson, so Chaz pulls out a win against Eifler in the final week of the season as he beat them 120.8, 121.8 to 85.7. So good week for Chaz. I'm pretty sure he's pretty proud of himself beating Eifler. Ian, you beat uh, Varun 134.8 to 106, so you, you got that double-digit win season, which is a really good fantasy uh, season. Uh, Schwartz beats Delisi to hold off Delisi in the playoffs because if Schwartz would have lost this game, that would have made it very interesting. Schwartz wins 121.3 to 91.8. So as I mentioned, the playoff picture is Ian versus Mr. Schwartz, Eifler versus Corn. Uh, so uh, tune back in to next week, and we'll tell you about uh, important playoff pickups and uh, other stuff to help you win your uh, league. Thank you. And we'll check back in to uh, see me uh, dis- uh, dismantle, dismantle Mr. Schwartz in the playoffs. So. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Thank you.